Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in this present moment. Oops, sorry for that that pop. Yeah, thank God I have a compressor here, and it works really well. But yes, welcome to the Infinite Talks podcast. This is Eric Castillo here with another beautiful episode of positivity, you know, sharing good information, good talks, good journeys, things that impact our lives to help us become the greatest version of ourselves. That's what the Infinite Talks podcast is all about. And it's been a few days that I haven't recorded, been really busy, you know, taking care of business and several meetings and, you know, whatnot. But I have good news today. I bought a book, The Four Agreements, finally in my hands. And wow, I can't, I'm looking forward to reading it, man. It's a practical guide to personal freedom. A Toltec Wisdom Book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Hopefully, one of these days I can meet this guy. Or maybe he can meet me. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, guys. So today I just wanted to kind of brief you up on a theory I had as I was driving, listening to a podcast. Something came into my mind about it since it's Autism Awareness Month, you know, and I was thinking about that indirectly because the podcast that I was listening to wasn't even talking about um, uh, autism at all, right? They were talking about something else. But while I was listening to that, I was able to get some downloads, some ideas as they were talking about nutrition and, you know, how in the in the podcast I was listening to, I was listening to Eddie Bravo's podcast and he had this guy, this nutritionist and, or not a nutritionist, he just... I don't even know what he does, but he was talking about nutrition. And he was talking about that in the last, you know, several decades or ever, ever since the industrial age happened, that, you know, the food has changed dramatically, right? And we all know, right? The food just very different from the old ways where it was produced, you know, in a farm organically, people would eat it. But in the last, you know, um, several decades, food product, the food production, sorry about that, food production has changed dramatically because they have to feed millions of people here in the States and all over the world, right? So he, they were talking about how there's lack of minerals now, you know, because of the way the food is made and they don't have that many minerals, vitamins, even though they still have some, but they don't have the quality that they used to have when the food was being raised or grown organically with the soil that they have. So I was thinking about that. I started thinking about how, you know, so we, if you look in the autism awareness, right, and just autism in general, there's always like so many ideas of how autism came about. And there's, you know, there's like this environmental process that's going, that's affecting our DNA and our children are being born with a higher rate of autism than ever before. I think now it's one in every 36 children that's being born in the States has autism I know that when I started working in the industry, it was one in 1,000. So 13 years later, 
it's gone high, you know, very dramatically, profusely. And now it's one in every 36 children. Very alarming. So, I mean, when I was in college studying studying for communication disorders, <clears throat> excuse me, I was thinking about how, you know, it could be the technology, you know, how technology has improved so much. But with that improvement, there's a lot of things that happen, right? There's a lot of uh, Wi-Fi signal now all over the states, all over the world, a lot of satellite signal, a lot of uh, electromagnetic field frequencies, right, that are crossing our bodies and our DNA. And, you know, that can be changing the molecular structure of our, you know, um, reproductive systems, reproductive organs, reproductive cells. They can be tweaked. I don't know. That's to, for me. That's a theory. I don't know. There's. I don't even know. There's a study for that. I need to look into that. There's also theories that autism could be caused um, just environmentally, in a, as a as a collective. You know, and it kind of goes goes back to what I'm going to go lead to lead into. That like the food that we eat is highly processed. You know, um, it has toxins we breathe in toxins when we're out in the communities in the world this this industrial age has created so many environmental toxins you know and we consume them indirectly and directly through food and all this stuff and then <clears throat> i guess the other one was just evolution in general how i've heard people say this and I don't I don't know if it's true or it's just a theory as well, but I think people say that these children with autism are being born with new skills that we are gonna need for the future. And I was like, well, that's a that's a good point. I never really thought about it like that, but I mean, that's a good take. It's a good theory. We don't know. Like there's kids with autism that have super high functioning skills that the average person would not be able to do. So I've seen that. I, I can, I've seen how that, how kids with autism have a, just a very unique set of skills that some, some people will never gain in their lifetime. So I can see where some people, you know, might take that angle. But the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because when I was driving, I listened to that part about, the minerals and the vitamins not being in our food anymore. I was like, that's the only consistency that, that I can think of that people in general in the United States consume on a daily basis over the last few decades. And the more population we have, the more food we need to produce, the more food we need to produce, the more likely that it will not have any of the minerals and the vitamins that we used to have when the United States was fairly new and food was created organically, regionally, consumed very rapidly. And then there was less eating. If you think about it, there was people eating less. I remember uh, the 80s, everybody was thin. If you would see somebody who's obese, it was very rare. Very rare to see somebody who was obese. And if they were obese, the obesity from back in the days was way different from what we see now. 
in this new era of obesity. You would see one or two kids that were obese in your school and very rare, right? You knew who they were. Now it's very rare that you see a thin kid. And now it's the other way around. We see heavier kids, heavier people, and less slim kids. I don't know. My, I mean, I might be, you know, a little bit wrong there. I mean, I'm just, I'm just assuming, but I, I can tell you for sure that in the eighties, there was this less obese people, obese kids. And one thing about the body is that when we, the more we eat, the more our organs work, the less effective they are and the less nutrients we're able to extract from the food that we eat. So a lot of things that are going on in this process is that we're probably depleting our body from the vitamins that we need when we're reproducing children, right? So that's one thing. And then the food that we're eating doesn't have the right or the most potent minerals in the food that we eat. So that's part two. We're eating more. We're eating food with less high value of minerals and, and it has more toxins. And we're probably eating too much that our body's not absorbing even the, the small amount of minerals and vitamins that are, are included in our food. And this is all theory, guys. I'm not saying this is factual. I'm just, I'm just trying to put our minds to work here. Because autism has increased, and not, not only autism, but just neurological disorders and all kinds of problems in our communities, even mental health. And it could all be related to food, if you think about it. I mean, not necessarily all entirely food-based created problems, but it's a it's probably the most foundational thing that we all do on a daily basis. We all are looking for food. We're all trying to eat food, you know, every day, you know, and I know that there's people out there that have a hard time because of, you know, economical reasons. But if you start thinking about it, what, what is the most common factor and the common behavior that humans in this era of the world, what is the most common thing that we do? And it's food. Yeah, and the the way that we eat now compared to the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even the early 2000s, compared to the way it is now, there's fast food everywhere. There's affordable, cheap, you know, highly produced food that has no nutritional value, only has sugar and salt in it in high amounts. And if you start thinking about those things and how much we consume it, it should be one of the first indicators of your child's well-being. Especially if you're going to be, you know, be a first-time mom or a first-time dad. You're going to have children. You should be thinking about your diet. Thinking about what you're consuming years prior. Even getting, starting to think about getting pregnant. I mean, there might be genetic, genetic, uh, you know, things that are going on in your family lineage that you might not be able to, you know, sway from. 
but maybe there is things that you can change in the DNA for the ones that for children that you're going to plan to have, you know, you want to make sure you have the, the purest or not the purest, but more like, I guess the healthiest DNA or genetic code that you can give off to your children that you're going to be creating. And I was just thinking about this on the way over here. I was like, wow. The food is the only thing that's changed. Well, not not only the food, but I'm, I'm talking about like things that we ingest. You know, obviously the toxins in the air, they're, we're, we're absorbing those as well. You know, even the, if you think about it, everything has toxins, you know, from the shampoos that we use, the deodorants, the colognes. The cars that we drive, they release chemicals. The factories in our neighborhoods and communities. The water that we drink has, you know, all kinds of toxins. Even if they're bottled water because of the plastics. You know, there's so much out there. And maybe something we need to look at, you know, like how can we, we change some of these behaviors and some of these ways that we eat, some of the ways that we live maybe grow our own food and try that out. I know sometimes it can be highly regulated by the government to see how much food you can grow on your own. But just those, those ideas that I was like running through my head. And if we're not getting the right um, minerals and vitamins in our food, then it could cause, you know, neurological disorders because the, the genetic code that we're creating for kids that are being born, maybe they're, you know, that's why there's a wide range of neurological disorders of children that are being born. And it might be autism and it might be in the spectrum or it might be a different disorder. But we're seeing a high rate of children with autism. And I don't think in the 80s we had that problem. And I don't think it was because we couldn't diagnose or see. Because one of the arguments is that back in the 80s, we didn't have the tools that we have now. So we couldn't see all the children that had autism. We couldn't find them. We couldn't uh, identify them. And now since we in the, you know, the 2000s and 2023, we have all this technology, all these screening tools and a lot of the information, a lot of research. And we're able to identify these kids. And the argument, yeah, I think I think it's somewhat valid. But at the same time, I was like, well, when I was in school back in the eighties, I don't think I don't remember seeing children with these behaviors and these characteristics. You know, and maybe and maybe there we would see some of them, but you know, probably it wasn't as many. So it's something to look at. Uh, I think as a community, we can all do our homework. As far as nutrition goes, what is the best way to, you know, feed our children, our children with autism? What foods can we feed them? I know that when I uh, work with kids with autism, that's one of the main things that the parents are looking for. You know, they're always asking questions like, what should I feed my kids? We're trying this. We're trying that. This works. This doesn't work. So I know it's nutrition is very key because one of the first things about children with autism is they're very picky eaters. Some, some, a lot of them, 
you can't put them all under the same umbrella, but a lot of them are very picky eaters and they'll only go to the same foods and they don't try different foods. So it's very challenging for a parent to find the right nutrition for their kids, especially when they're very picky and they won't, they won't eat certain textures. They won't eat foods with certain smells. It's uh, and they'll find it. Like if you try to sneak it in, into their foods. I, I've seen where parents are like, oh, I try to do this and I try to sneak it in and boom, like they found it. Like it's, they have, you know, magical senses. They, they have extreme senses. And it's challenging, man. It's, it's challenging. I kind of, I have a grin right now and I kind of smile because I've seen the kiddos that I work with and they're very smart, intelligent. And they can tell when the parent is trying to make them eat something that they don't want to. I've been there in those situations. It's amazing to see these kids thrive and, and have, these uh you know opportunities to to be themselves as well you know they have their own unique characteristics their own little personalities and it's amazing to work with children and families that have autism i think it's one of been one of my um most rewarding positions is to be able to you know help out a family who's going through that you know trying to teach them skills with for communication and and language, behavior, and setting a routine and finding the right resources in the community. Like all of those challenges for a family is, is very impactful. And having the right support system. I think we have three or four support groups here in Dorado. And I know the city uh, is also creating their own support system that's going to welcome anyone who has a child with a disability. You know, it's going to be a support system for everybody so they can share and invent, you know, advocate for their kids. And it's going to be amazing to have that kind of, to kind of have that support for, for the people and the families in our community, because I know it's very needed, you know, in, in all kinds of way, all kinds of ways. Uh, you know, there's groups and uh, out there that sometimes they don't communicate with each other because they don't know of each other. So we're, we're trying to make sure that they all know about each other and communicate so that there's families out there that they're able to get this support system or these resources and be the best version of themselves for their kids. So I was thinking about that over here and on the way over here, I was thinking about how, you know, the food system is, has changed dramatically and that could be a factor of why we're having more a higher rate of autism and, and just neurological disorders and all kinds of uh, health issues that are related to that. And I know it's going to take a lot of research, a lot of specific research being done by different schools. And maybe there's some, some ongoing research at the moment that we don't know about. And I hope that's the case, but right now we don't that not, I don't recall or I can't really like look up right now and see, Oh, I found this study maybe that's my homework for today or for this week to really figure out what's going on and that's one of the main theories that i had today i had another theory but it slipped my mind when i went into deep about this it was just more oh yeah i remember now it was about fasting so the doctor was saying that when you fast your body is able to heal and conserve energy and use your energy wisely. Like it uses the energy to be able to extract 
especially when it comes to digestion, he says that when we eat like three meals a day, your digestive system is always working. So when you do that, your your stomach and your digestive system is doesn't get the amount of time it needs to really extract all the minerals and vitamins that are in every meal that you eat or at the same time um delete and filter a lot of the stuff that you're eating that is not good for you so you don't let the liver do its work you know and all the intestines the kidneys to clear out all the the bad stuff that you have so he was kind of saying intermittent fasting is it's okay, but it's not ideal to to actually clear out and help out your body. So I was reflecting on that because I do intermittent fasting almost every day. You know, I fast about 12 to 14 hours or maybe 16 hours on certain days. And I eat in that eight hour w- window. But he was telling, he was giving us guidance or he was giving guidance through the podcast that maybe a 24 hour minimum is a good fast. And I remember I was going back to 2018, 2019 when I was fasting every Monday, 24 hours. That was working for me. I remember being very healthy. I wouldn't get as sick. I got used to eating smaller meals, only eating a high protein, good fat, type of meals with very limited sugar intake from sugary drinks and stuff like that. And I felt very good during that time. And he was saying, the the doctor was saying, when you, when you fast for those 24 hours at least, your body is able to do wonders. Like your skin looks different. Your body feels different. Your intestines are not as bloated. You're able to, you know, eliminate a lot of the toxins and you, you kind of detox by proxy like by by chance by because you're already you're lean as far as you're you're not ingesting any more stuff so the whatever your body's there is able to clean out it's kind of like it doesn't have too much work to do as, as far as digestion goes because you're not eating all day so it's able to clean out your body you know from the lymph lymphatic system the intestines, you know, your heart, your liver, everything works at a higher and better rate when you're not eating. So I'm doing the contrast of like when people eat too much throughout the day, snack, eat, snack, snack, eat, you know, and and I think for some people that it's a necessary thing for them to keep their energy going. For some people, they're already used to that system and their body's used to it. But then I think over time you accumulate problems because of that system and that way of eating. And he was just explaining that the the less you eat and the more quality sleep you get and the more exercise that you do, all of those factors play a big role on the on the mental health, physical health. And then obviously that that goes down to spiritual health as well because if you're good mentally and physically, then it'll be easier to be, you know, at a higher rate of uh, spiritual health. So it's amazing to have those kind of thoughts, man. I just wanted to share those today very quickly. I know that nobody uh, is an expert because it's ongoing research for that. 
As for me, I'm not an expert, but I do work on myself a lot. I recommend that you do your own research. You go check with your doctor, see what you can do, get your doctor's opinion. I think doctors are getting more, more and more information on, on nutrition and, and just overall health. So go out there and then get that information. Look up, you know, books, go to your library, get a book. That's what I've done. I love going to the library, getting books, reading from doctors, reading their point of view, reading why X, Y, and Z makes a difference because of the research that they've done, the information that they've applied, and the studies that they've tried. And, and because of the studies, they can get factual information like this work for this group. You know, they have the the control group and then they have, you know, the, the group that has like they just, you know, they practice their stuff with, you know. So you're getting information from doctors who are trying things out and trying to figure things out, researchers. And I think it's important that we continue to do that. And just keep on educating yourself. It's important so that our future is brighter not only for ourselves, but for our children and for the future generations that are going to follow us. So today's talk, man, Infinite Talks is about health. You know, some uh, something to look into, uh, make sure that you're in control of your nutrition. You're in control of your decision-making. I know every now and then we want to eat that crazy, you know, toxic food. <laughs> And I'm good with that too. I, I eat it. I eat those hot, flimmy hot Cheetos with cheese and, you know, nachos, pizza, beer, all that stuff. I eat all that stuff. Hot dogs, burgers, tacos. But I think it's all about balance too. Like if you're able to balance yourself out and know that, hey, I'm doing too much of this, then I need to balance it out. I'm not doing too much of that. I need to add some of that. You know, it's a little bit of, of I think if you're balanced, I think you're just a lot healthier if you're able to balance yourself out with everything you eat, you know? So something to look at guys, uh, just enjoy today's talk. I hope y'all have a great and beautiful, blessed day. Y'all stay vibing. Remember guys, we are not a brand. We are a frequency and you're part of it. Peace out and have a great day. <laughs>